Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that just gives potions to everybody. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? You get a potion, and you get a potion. <laughs> Check under your chairs. Potions! You are just giving drugs to everybody, Brandon. How dare you? You are a menace hey. to society. That's why <laughs> we you banished you to Australia. Potions, then it's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, right? Because then you're like, oh, it's fun. It's not fun, Brandon. It's drugs. <laughs> it's still <sighs> drugs, yeah. So, Brandon, how are you doing this week? I'm doing fine. Doing good. I just had to vanquish a uh, spider. From Oh, oh God. It tried, tried to get in on this recording. I had to shoot away. Now, when you first moved to Australia, you had a spider bro. Is he still around? No, unfortunately. No. The shame about spider bros is that they don't they don't last too long. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad this one didn't kill you because I always worry about that. Every week I'm like, is this going to be the week Brandon gets killed by a big old spider in Australia? So far, it hasn't I appreciate happened. the concern. Yeah, it's real. It's real concern. You're like, oh, shit, I don't want to do this podcast by myself. Yeah, I mean, you also have like nine out of ten of the world's deadliest snakes and probably like scorpions and shit. So it's like, yes, me personally, (laughs) you're a collector. (laughs) You're a weirdo. (laughs) Got to catch them all. (laughs) So, Brandon, uh, did you do anything cool this week? Anything awesome? Um, yeah, I saw some movies. Tell me everything. What did you see? Have a movie chat. I also saw a movie that I want to talk about, so okay, I'll let you so go first. first off, I saw Barbie. Okay, how was Barbie? Um, I liked Barbie. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good movie. I don't have anything profound to say about it. I thought it was good. Okay. Yeah, everybody that I know that have saw that have seen it says it's good. Yeah. I gotta say, I feel a little bad, though, in a movie that's, like, so bursting with positive female energy that my favorite part about it was Ken. Oh, it's okay, Brandon. I mean, it's the gauze, you know? We see him before. We no. loved him before. It's I, okay. I cannot resist the gauze. Nobody can. That's where he gets you. Um, what did you see? What did you have a little watch of? I actually got asked to be on a podcast. Um, you know, a couple of months ago, I guess it was now, we had Adam on from the Keenan and Kel podcast. Mm-hmm. So he's got another podcast, and uh, he asked me to be on it. And I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, I'd be happy to. And he was like, okay, we have to watch this movie, and we're going to talk about it. And I was like, all right, well, what movie are we going to watch? And he had me watch a movie called Shapeshifter from 1999. And I've never heard of that movie. Uh, Same. Never, ever. It's, I mean, it's basically Animorphs a little bit, but it was so... All right, I'm listening. Okay, well, it was so bad, Brandon. Honestly, Aww. one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And it wasn't... It was so terribly acted, and it, the the script for this movie is just all over the place. I can't wait to talk about it with him, because it's insane. It's fucking stupid. Like, entertaining bad, though? It's kind of like those movies where that has so many plot details that if you, like, look at your phone for a quarter of a second, you have no idea what's going on. But if you were okay. to watch the movie without looking at your phone, you'd still have no idea what's going on. <laughs> it only so, helps yeah. so much. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. It's on Tubi if anybody wants to watch it. I mean, I don't recommend it. Okay. (laughs) See, if someone tells me that a movie's on Tubi, I already know what to expect quality-wise. Well, hey, I got to say, the Tubi app, it either has really good movies or it has, like, all those weird movies that you accidentally saw a bit of on TV when you were nine years old kind of thing, you know? So, it was was whatever. What else did you watch, though? Those movies that were on TNT at 11. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. 
Okay. Well, the other thing I watched, Corlin, mm-hmm. is I, as a 34-year-old man, have finally finished the Harry Potter franchise. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, all eight movies. Yes. Damn, that took you forever, I gotta say. It did. <laughs> it did. Uh, I was stuck on Prisoner of Azkaban for like 20 years. Oh, it's the best one. And then I, I finally pushed through and finished it. Damn. Okay, it's been a week for you, man. Mm-hmm. Spent some ups and downs. Now, overall, did you enjoy yourself in Harry Potter? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Look, okay. Like, I'm not going to give any hot takes here because everybody's already had their opinions about Harry Potter. Like, I mean, there's podcast 10, on podcast on podcast about it. Yeah. Uh, I was just, you know, I was shocked at how completely dark and mm-hmm. how much of a bummer the seventh movie was yeah that movie is just relentlessly bleak and i was like man this is just brutal yeah and then in the end you know everything's happy and good and there's a time skip and the children are meant to be adults oh my god just look like kids in their (laughs) parents clothes whatever like literally everybody hates the time skip part so (laughs) that's so stupid it's it's rough it's like, Ginny, take off your mother's dress. Come on. Yeah, Ginny, Ginny alone and Harry Potter's comb over and like <laughs> Ron's there and he's got like his belly out. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you fooling? Yeah, it, it's not great, <laughs> but I don't know. It's, it's funny that it happened. Uh, that's yeah. cool, Brandon. Congrats on finishing Harry Potter after like literally 20 years they've been out now. It's, you're crazy. But um, yeah. yeah. Um Brandon, we got an episode to talk about. <laughs> oh boy, do we? We we should uh, we should roll into this one with a motorcycle, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, straight right. into it. Okay, well, Brandon, we just got done uh, kind of watching season three, episode two of Tales from the Crypt. It was Carrion Death. What did you think about Carrion Death? I really liked it. Me too, right? This kind of episode is like the perfect like showcase for what an anthology series can give you. Mm -hmm. This is a a story idea that would not work as a movie. It would not work as a mini series or any kind of longer series, but 25 minutes. It's a solid enough idea to get in there. Bing, bang, boom, get out. You're done. I fully agree with you. I think this is the perfect kind of anthology horror story. I think it's like quintessential tales from the crypt kind of thing. You know, it's got a little bit of gore in it. It's got a silly premise that is fun to watch. It's got some action in there. It's got a little bit of yeah. everything. A little bit of everything. And I like it a lot. Um, it is, like I told you before we started recording, my notes for this one are a little bit shorter. Um, because this, is, this episode does a good job of like showing, not telling kind of thing, if you, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. So uh, my notes are a little bit a little bit slim on this one. I've got to say, the main character in this one's kind of stupid. Kind of dumb. He's not a smart guy, but I will... I will say I was shocked as hell to see him show up because we didn't discuss who the actors were going to be for this this episode beforehand. And there's not many of them. No, this one's only got two. So it's got two characters. And uh, yeah, uh, I was happy to see uh, Kyle McLaughlin here. Yeah, and we'll talk about him in a a little bit here. Um, but yeah, the, the it's a fun one. I think we should just kind of dive into the fun, get our sweat on in the desert if you will yeah okay let's do it all right so our episode starts up with a motorcycle and it's rolling into frame 
and it screeches to a stop and out walks our best friend the crypt keeper with some boots on but we don't see him yeah. walking like it's clearly a person walking by yeah this is like the most uh you know mobile we see the the crypt keeper he's moving yeah, usually he's just already in place, but now he's got to get off his damn yeah. motorcycle and walk. I don't know how he got it in the basement of this, uh, you know, crypt or whatever, but he uh, he did it. <laughs> Somebody delivered it to him, maybe. His feet walk by the camera, and the camera pans up to see where he's going to be sitting, and he scuttles his way into a big old chair, and he looks like an officer of the law, Brandon. He's got a badge on, he's got a helmet and some sunglasses... And he says, good evening, felons. Time to assume the position, if you know what I mean, and prepare for another assault and battery on your senses. Tonight's sing... Okay, he says this word. I don't know what he said. I tried to listen to it a couple times. Tonight's singing saga, I don't know what that means, is about a nice young man with a very bad attitude. In fact, it's positively criminal. Yeah. And he laughs about that one because it's a good one. And he calls this little game of chops and clobbers carrying death. The picture for this one's pretty rad, Brandon. I like it. It's just a dude who's getting his eyes ripped out by a vulture. Yeah. It's pretty it's dope. It's gore right on the cover. I mean, it literally... <laughs> spoilers, I guess. It spoils everything, but that's okay. It's a guy getting his eyeball ripped out by a buzzer. buzzer. Yeah, that's the kind of comic cover that you couldn't even have, like, in a comic shop. Nah, that one get banned. We fade into the episode where we see, like, a Wild West town. It's kind of small. There's, like, a bank, and then we hear somebody yell, Move, bitch, get out the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then a gunfire, and said bitch screams. <laughs> a man runs out of the bank and shoots a cop that's kind of chasing after him. And then he catches a cop who dies, so he lowers him to the ground, and then shoots him again for good measure. The man picks up a small, a very small, sack of money, and starts running away, telling people to move out of the way. He gets into a car, he starts it up, and he rolls out of there onto a road. And he passes a sign saying, warning, 70 miles of desert, stock up on gas and water. Don't tell me what to do. I know, right? <laughs> so this episode starts with some action right away. It sure does. Yeah, because, I mean, spoilers for five seconds from now, we get like a car chase scene too, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Before the like title of the episode even appears, there's already gunshots and screaming. Yeah, that's exciting. It's nuts. I like it. We hear the radio playing, which interrupts this program to give us an update on the manhunt for Earl Raymond Diggs, who escaped prison just hours before his execution for the brutal murders of three Phoenix nursing students. He feigned illness during the night, and when the prison doctor was called, Diggs... I like how they just describe his strategy for a breaking out of prison. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's what worked for him. The yeah. results may vary. <laughs> Diggs took him as a hostage and killed both the doctor and prison guards before escaping in a Cadillac. Everyone's been alerted to be on the lookout, and he's believed to be headed to Mexico, the Mexican border. Diggs here is described as 5'11", he's got dark hair and blue eyes, they're really gorgeous... Armed and extremely dangerous. Now, Diggs here, that's our main character, of course, is listening to this in his Cadillac, and he adds in that he's also extremely rich now because he just stole two really small sacks of money from the bank. Yeah, he's got $200. <laughs> <laughs> and a new SUV. <laughs> in 1990, that's like $220. Oh, man. Can you imagine having $220? I Holy literally shit. can me neither. He chuckles and lights up a cigarette, but first, he smooches some dollar bills, y'all. Mm -mm -mm. Now, if you were in prison and you were 
set to be executed the next mm-hmm. morning and you were like, oh, I'm feeling a little bit sick. Do you think they would even bother being like, oh, doctor, you gotta <laughs> check this guy out, make sure he's nice and healthy before we murder him? Doc, get in here. He, we have to have him at peak physical health before we murder him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on the up and up, Brandon. All right. That's what you do, you know. You're like, oh, my baby's sick. Hold on. <laughs> we got to hold off this execution. <laughs> Want to stay home from execution today? <laughs> oh, so this man, this Earl's fella, he looks into the side mirror to see if he's clear to merge into the other lane. But uh-oh, there's a man on a motorcycle behind him. Earl here is upset that someone would have the audacity to pursue him. So he throws out his barely smoked cigarette saying, that son of a bitch is on my tail. We see the two riding through the Arizona desert when the copper gets close to the car and just shoots right at Earl because he knows that he's not sick, you know? Yeah, I like no siren or anything. He just pulls up and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. They fly around the road a little until the motorcycle flops to the ground and it looks like Earl is in the clear. But the cop, who's just titled as Policeman in IMDb, quickly gets back up on the hog and puts on the siren. All right, there we go. <laughs> I know, right? Now it's a finish. Now he's like, warning, I want you to stop. <laughs> if the bullets didn't say it, the sirens will. Yeah. See, he didn't know because the sirens weren't on. He's like, oh, I gotta pull over. I've been doing something wrong here. <laughs> we watch him chase Earl some more when Earl decides to whip around and start driving right at him, saying, let's play chicken. Earl starts shooting at the cop out of his window without aiming, and it hits, like, I don't know, his, like, lights in front, his headlights or whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. But anyway, the cop does the same, and we're just kind of jousting with guns now? Yeah, this is some real Mission Impossible 2 shit. I've, I've never seen any of the Mission Impossible, Brandon. Okay, well, it's this. Okay, well, I've, I have the vision in my head. I don't even need to see the movies then. Just imagine this, but Limp Biscuit playing in the background. Oh, okay, that sounds radical. <laughs> The cop decides to lose chicken, so he jumps off his motorcycle and rolls down a low hill. Earl shouts, yeehaw, in victory, but oh shit, that motorcycle's still coming his way. So Earl jumps out of the car as the motorcycle just plows right into it, and both the car and motorcycle just fucking explode. Why? (laughs) (laughs) The motorcycle just, like, kind, like, it's going, you know, it's not full speed or anything, but... It just kind of like ghost rides a little bit into the car and blows the fuck up. They explode, Brandon. In real life, it would like dent the door a little bit. Yeah, it like bounce off. Through the car. (laughs) Look, we didn't know, but that motorcycle is made out of titanium. No, wait. What's Wolverine's claws made out of? Adamantium. Yeah, that's Adamantium motorcycle, obviously. (laughs) Slices right through it like a lightsaber. Yes. Uh, and it, like when he jumps out of the the way of the motorcycle, it goes in slow motion, which gives you just enough time to see that the stunt man looks absolutely nothing like Kyle McLaughlin. Oh, I know, I love it. I love seeing <laughs> right. those kind of things. It's so funny. In the distance, Brandon, we see that a vulture has seen this explosion, and it likes what it sees, so it kind of flies on over. Yeah. With Earl, he sits up and looks around and then stands up with a couple of heavy breaths. And he stumbles his way over to his sacks of money and tells himself that cop is totally dead and he can absolutely make it to Mexico. He pulls out some money from the car's flaming wreckage, but hears a sound. So he dips under the car a little and then looks down the hill. And he sees the police officer is just kind of laying at the bottom of the hill. So he flips him the bird saying, 10-4, asshole. 
Over and out. Got him. <laughs> That's a good line. I got it is. Him. Yeah, it's perfect. Brandon, Um, I want to ask you, I don't think this is just me, but is some of the lines in this episode 80 yard? Okay, I was going to discuss this later, but let's just talk about it now. I it's think coming up. 90, 90% of this episode is just completely dubbed over. I, I think same, yeah. it was just completely without sound, and they added all the sound effects and ADR'd all of the dialogue. I think so, too. And I don't know if they just recorded this without them talking, because there's points where, uh, like, later on, Earl will be, like, moving through the desert, and he his mouth isn't moving, but lines are coming out. And uh, I, I don't know if they just filmed it silent or if it was too windy and you couldn't hear it at the time kind of thing. You know, I don't know. Maybe there's a specific point where the audio just instantly sounds different mm-hmm. and like everything after that, I think they're using, you know, the audio they captured, but like everything in this first 15 or 20 minutes or whatever is just totally added in. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy. No, unless we're both crazy. That can't happen, right? Two crazies? <laughs> nah. No, what are the odds? Earl goes into his car to grab a map, and he opens that shit up. And he looks around his surroundings and checks the map, because it's 1991 and there was no GPS. That sucks. We look back at the cop, who's groaning, and he gets up. Earl, on the other hand, decides that Mexico is just over that hill, way in the distance. Suddenly, that vulture from earlier lands on the car wreckage and scares Earl, who tells it, Sorry, Birdie, this buffet's been cancelled. But there's civil service lunch over there, over that hill. So Earl takes his map, his two sacks of money, and he starts walking over towards the hill in the distance and through the desert, which I've always been told is a bad idea. Yeah, that's how you die. Yeah, it's like uh, Life 101. Don't walk through a desert. Unless you have like all the water Mm -hmm. and all the food and all the shelter. I mean, even then, I still wouldn't do it. I'd be like, "Mm, it's kind of hot. I don't think so. I don't like sweating very much. No. Over with the police officer, he makes his way up the hill. And he cocks his gun. And the vulture cries out and the officer points his gun at it, but sees it's just a bird. So he says to himself that his friend Earl Diggs went off on foot. He throws down his gloves and tells the vulture he saw him first. Yeah, the whole time in this episode, these the characters are talking to this bird and it's just kind of like chilling there. But they dubbed over the bird as well. Oh, yes. Because the bird is just constantly going... <laughs> And it like it's clearly a human being, yeah. Just just yeah. making cooing sounds or whatever, and it's it sounds weird. It does. It just I don't constantly like, it. like croaks and stuff, like an aracocra yeah. or whatever they are from Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, that's not what vultures do. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no. Oh well, you know what? It adds character to our best friend, the bird. Our other best friend, next to Crypt Keeper. Yeah, he's very chatty. We fade over to the glaring hot sun and watch the police officer just decide to walk into the desert alone, instead of calling for backup. With Earl, he's also walking through the desert to make his way to Mexico, and the vulture just follows Earl this entire episode. Mm -hmm. Which actually, you know, Brandon, it kind of sounds pretty great for the police officer, because if the vulture is chasing Earl, then the police officer can just look up in the sky and know where Earl is all the time. So I guess yeah, they did just, have GPS. Just follow the sound of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty easy. Like half his job is done for him. We see Earl take a seat on a fallen log and he calls up to the vulture to eat its, eat its heart out uh, because he ain't eating him because he's too tough to digest. 
And Earl's trying to have a little time to himself, you know, a little him time. He lights up a cigarette. <laughs> but there's a gunshot, and the police officer yells, Freeze! And then shoots a few more times. And Earl runs away, and the cop gives a, a chase just a little bit. But he stops at the log, and he says, What's this, Diggs? A bribe? And he picks up that sack of money. Well, one of the sacks of money. Then he calls out, Diggs! I know you can hear me! I will take you down! And there's a pretty crappy echo effect to that, so of course I'm going to put the clip in. He takes the money from the sack and just lets it blow in the wind, which is probably not what you should do with stolen money. No, I don't know where in the book it says to do that. I'm pretty sure you should return the money instead of letting it blow into the desert's wind, but I'm not a cop, Brandon, so I could be wrong. Earl is kind of hiding behind this dead bush looking visible as hell, and he's seeing this shit saying that he's going to take every one of those dead presidents out of his hide. Then he scooches away as we cut back to the blistering hot sun. We see Earl round a corner and that vulture is just chilling there looking at him. And Earl assumes it's waiting for him to drop and asks why it didn't just go after the cop while he was lying there. But figures it was just chicken. He thinks he should keep his eye on him. Wait, what? Eh, whatever. Then he walks up to a sign that the vulture was on, and it's for two miles to Jose's Border Cantina, Brandon. All right. I know. Yeah, sounds great. Earl thinks that sounds great, too. He's got tacos, beer, etc. Can't wait. He lifts that sign up off the ground and sees there's a big red arrow on it, and it can be moved around like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Mm -hmm. He turns the arrow saying, bingo, waitress, two beers. And then he walks down the road, not knowing if that's actually the way to go or not. Yeah, he didn't, like, he took five seconds, and he was like, yeah, good enough. He's like, it's probably either this way, that way, the other way, or this way. I'm gonna go with this one. And he just goes. (laughs) Hey there, everybody, Cortland here, your good buddy and your desert companion. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything that we got. We're just so thankful for you spending some time with us. You can help support our show over on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash private island. We post plenty of content for you to enjoy multiple times a week. We've got early ad-free episodes, bonus episodes on Mondays, full-length video episodes, and so much more. Check it out and enjoy. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Beths, Venice Witch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, Rad, Magical, and Faith, the Goths, Stephen, Matt, Lindsay, Aaron, Brittany, Rachel, Sid, and Corey, the citizens of Carlsville, Sarah, Ryan, Mr. Normal, Matt, Keith, Christy, Angela, and Meredith, and you boys and girls, it's Kathy, Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. You can find us all over social media with new content posted for every single episode. We make videos, memes, GIFs, and more. We're at Up All Night Podcast on Instagram and Threads, at Up All Night HA Podcast on YouTube, at UAN Pod on Twitter, and at Private Island Presents on TikTok. For live content, you can join me every Wednesday nights about 7.30 p.m. Eastern to watch full-length episodes of the shows that we cover. We've also been watching a lot of Friday the 13th, the series. It's been a blast. I hope to see you there. I also go live on Twitch all the time, so stop by and say hello. That's twitch.tv slash privateislandc. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show. Aside from this theme, dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks again for listening in. For now, I'll let you get back to that episode, and I will talk with you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.
over with the cop, he wonders where Diggs went when the vulture pops down next to him. Then it flies away, and the cop chases after him and sees that sign for the cantina. He lifts it up and laughs because he knows there's tacos in that direction. (laughs) (laughs) The cop checks out how many bullets he has left and says aloud that he hopes that Diggs enjoys his queso cheese and fresh made tortilla chips because it's going to be his last. Executioners are waiting. He would enjoy it. That sounds delicious. Queso cheese is the best. I love Mm -hmm. it. I saw this recipe for queso cheese just to grind this podcast to a halt. That was milk and American cheese, like sliced American cheese. And that's allegedly the secret dip for restaurant queso. Interesting. Now, you probably, I don't know. I'm going to be racist here for a second, Brandon. You probably know much more about queso dip than I do. Is this the recipe? (laughs) <laughs> that's not how i make my famous queso dip are you gonna divulge that's the secret? not my abuela's recipe <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's not the recipe handed down from generation to generation you yes. say <laughs> that's okay i'll get it out of you someday brandon probably on your deathbed i'll be like all right brandon i made it to australia you got bit by a spider give me that queso recipe right now no take the spider <laughs> come back for me take that queso dip recipe to my grave <laughs> <laughs> the executioner is awaiting brandon though so he walks on down the road over with earl he's made his way to the cantina which says it has cold beer but the place is a rundown mess because you can't have a cantina in the middle of the fucking desert yeah that is just a bad business strategy <sighs> stupid location 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 brandon we learned this until death remember Yeah, that's where I first heard it. It's so hot out that Earl has unbuttoned his shirt, and he walks inside and tries to tap, but there is no damn water. So he gets mad, and he makes a mess. He just slaps everything to the ground. Well, it's a mess already, to be fair. Yeah, he really, I mean, he might have improved it a little. Who knows? (laughs) He looks over, and he sees there's a freezer, and he opens it up, and there's not much in there either. There's like a can or something, so he throws that to the ground. There's also a baby doll on a chair for some reason, which pisses Earl off. So he kicks that shit to the ground. And we look up and we see behind Earl is the policeman who gets the jump on Eddie. I'm sorry. I don't know why I called him Eddie. I put his name as Eddie a couple of times in this episode. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) His name's Earl. So if I ever call him Eddie, my bad. He gets the jump on Earl, though, and he punches him right in the face. He grabs Earl and he shoots his gun, but it just hits the baby doll. Oh, somebody's going to be pissed about that. Earl wrestles the gun out of the officer's hands and it flings to the ground. And the cop pushes Earl away, who finds a chair and throws it at the cop. They tussle some more. Earl grabs a bottle and bashes it on the cop's helmet, which wouldn't do jack shit. Okay, he's got a helmet on. We see out the window that the vulture has returned as Earl starts punching the cop in the tummy. Then the cop gets a couple of good blows in, but Earl jumps up to the rafters for a powerful kick. My tummy. Oh, this is ridiculous. They tell us some more until the cop grabs his handcuffs and handcuffs himself to Earl, saying he's taking him in. Now Earl reaches over and grabs the cop's gun, saying, fuck you. And he blasts the cop in the chest. And the cop looks at it, saying, no, fuck you. And he swallows the handcuff keys and then fucking dies. No. How is he going to get out of this mess, Brandon? He's handcuffed to a dead cop. I mean, I could think of a couple ways, but... Hmm. Whatever. We'll discuss those in a moment. (laughs) (laughs) The cop falls out of the window and Earl yells, no, and reaches for him, then looks at his handcuffs. And we cut over to outside the cantina. 
and we see that the vulture is watching Earl, complaining about having no water, no food, no bullets, etc. Nothing to get these handcuffs off. And Earl here is just walking around in a circle, spinning the cop attached to him in the dirt, <laughs> like in a perfect circle. He's like making a little snow angel, except it's dirt. He's beautiful. I love it. It's so stupid. He yells out that he didn't bust out a death row to end up like this. Then he sees the vulture yelling, you again. You know, you're really starting to piss me off. Ugh, where's that gun? And he finds that gun and he points it at the vulture saying that one dead vulture is coming right up and he shoots. But it just clicks because there's no more bullets because the other one went into a baby doll. <laughs> so he gets pissed and just throws it at the bird standing up on that sign. He then looks at that sign saying it's only six miles to Mexico. He can do that. That's no problem. So instead of trying to get the cop off of his wrist, he hauls him up and carries him over his shoulder, stopping inside to taunt the cop about not speaking Spanish and uh, to grab his money. Like he does a lot of little bits of like, oh, you're dead. And he makes his way out into the desert with the cop. Yeah, that's what he decides to do. He's not very smart. Okay, so he's attached to the cop by his wrist. Okay, mm -hmm. the cop is dead. You could easily... I mean, I mean, it wouldn't be easy, you know, but you could still get him off of you. He's a dead body. You could chop his arm off. You could smash his arm. You could just yank on it until it finally pulls off. There's a lot yeah. of things you could do here. They're in a place where there is like wood beams and stuff that you could use to bash the arm. Right. Yeah. They're like you and I both thought of that instantly, as I'm mm -hmm. sure most anybody would. And. Like, this is a hardened criminal murderer. Like, exactly. I don't think he's squeamish. Yeah, I, I cannot. <laughs> I cannot imagine why that wasn't immediately his first thought. No, his first thought is like, all right, six miles. Let's haul this dead body that yeah, way. I look. Let's weekend at Bernie's this guy right out of here. Oh, my God. And he does. But like, even if you're in Mexico, you're not just abolished of all crimes. I mean, if you walk in there attached to a dead police officer, they're going to be like, Wait a second. <laughs> but nah, he's just, uh, he's got this plan. He's sticking to it. All right. Let's see if it pans out for him, Brandon. <laughs> All right. What could go wrong? Out in the desert, we see Earl walking by some cactus and stuff, complaining that the worst part about his conviction was the newspapers because they called him a sick pervert, which is total bullshit, Brandon. Yeah. He, he didn't mutilate a single one of those girls until after they were already dead. He's basically a saint. <laughs> He says, of course, if they knew about the five he killed in Kansas, he'd still be on trial. The weight of the cop gets too much, so he falls to his knees and then gets back up saying that classic line, Brandon. Women. Uh, can't live with them. Can't fit more than one in a trunk at a time. Yeah. Classic. classic. <laughs> he continues walking, asking the cop how much he weighs because it's heavier than he should be. Because Earl's stupid and didn't take off the cop's clothes or try to chop off the cop's arm or anything. While he didn't at the try anything. <laughs> He's like, I tried nothing and I'm all out of ideas. I got to carry him through the desert. Yeah, I'm just going to carry him into Mexico. going to get an apartment for two. Like, he's just going to live with me. Well, not mm. live, but. <sighs> it's his roommate. What a dummy. What a dummy. Yeah, Earl, Earl is pretty stupid. There's a lot of stuff he could have used at that cantina, Brandon. And just the idea that he didn't even take off the cop's clothes or anything, just to make him a little bit lighter. You know, he could have had something else on him that would have been useful. Or, Brandon, we didn't say this, but he could have, like, ripped into the cop's tummy and grabbed the key out of him like this is a Saw movie, you know? Yeah, like, that's 
That's the the harder of the options I thought of, and even that seems way better than dragging this corpse through who knows how many miles of desert. He walks a couple more steps and collapses and looks at the cop and then slaps his face because he doesn't like the way he's looking at him. He asks the dead body if he has any ideas and then says, yeah, I didn't think so. We fade a little later and there's some wind a-brewing and it looks a bit dark out. And the wind knocks down a sign and causes some stuff to tumble around. And we see Earl just dragging the cop across the ground now, like by the arm. And that cuts us to later, where we see the cop on top of Earl, who slowly lifts him up. And it looks like he was using his body to sleep or weather the storm or whatever they were doing. Used him as a little corpse blanket. Yeah, right. Just keeping yourself warm in the chilly night of desert. He stands up and he looks over saying, oh my god, I'm almost there. And he starts walking towards the hill we saw earlier, which allegedly has Mexico on the other side of it. So we're told. (laughs) So he thinks, yeah. (laughs) We don't really know for sure. (laughs) He looked at that map for about five seconds. He stops to dance with the officer's dead body for a moment and then gives it a smooch because this man is an idiot. Yeah, if you you don't know by now, uh, this guy's a bit off. He's a little bit weird. He's stupid. Now we cut over to Earl trying to climb a mountain. (laughs) Yep. This makes Lord of the Rings look like an easy trek. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The vulture is there already, and Earl laughs at it, saying he beat him. He's got five more minutes, and he's free. And he lifts up the cop and starts just climbing up that mountain, saying that the cop's getting stiff. And he throws the money up over the cliff, and he climbs up, and then he hauls the officer's body up, which is so much effort. But they're almost there. Just got to get to the top of that hill, which is actually a mountain. Earl here, he's kind of out of breath, but he continues to drag the cop up the mountain, and he rounds a corner yelling, I can't believe it! It's Mexico! Our friendly neighbors of the South! I couldn't have done it without you, pal. Yes, he could have. And the cop's body here is just kind of standing up on its own. But it falls backwards, and the cop and Earl tumble down the hill and off the slope, just eliminating all that progress they just made. Yep. The vulture loves all this shit, swoops in, and uh, we have a look at Earl, who calls it a feathered fuck. And offers up the cop's dead body as lunch, which would take forever for this vulture to snack on, quite frankly. Yeah, but he could, like, nibble on a wrist at least. Come on, vulture. I mean, I'm not going to take off this officer's clothes, but if you want to, like, slowly eat this officer to, like, (laughs) burden my, like, unburden me, but, yeah, whatever. He asks the bird what the hell he wants and concludes that it wants Earl himself. And Earl is not letting that happen. He wonders for a minute on what he should do next when the cop's badge reflects some light in his eyes. So Earl takes a look at that through his wavy vision because right now, Earl, he's getting kind of tired. He's probably hungry and thirsty. So he's getting a little bit, uh, you know, woozy, if you will. Yeah. He lifts a stick up off the ground, places it on the cop and then breaks it in half. And he wobbles to and fro trying to lift the cop back up and he moves him over to the rocks of the mountain. He raises his arm up and he puts the badge into the stick. Like he stabs this incredibly sharp badge for whatever reason into the stick, bangs it in place with a rock to make like this makeshift axe. And then he Mm -hmm. starts sharpening the edge of the badge to make a blade. I mean, it works. He made an axe, but like that is the most complicated way to go about this whole thing he could have possibly imagined. There was probably so many better things he could have used at Jose's Cantina. That takes about two seconds of him sharpening the badge, and now it's nice and sharp. So, he puts the officer's arm down and looks at it through this fuzzy vision, saying, This is going to hurt the cop a lot more than it's going to hurt me. 
and he blinks hard a couple of times, so you know exactly what's going to happen next. <laughs> yeah, that line's going to age like milk. <laughs> On the count of three, he lifts up the makeshift axe and chops down, and he looks for a second, and then raises up his arm yelling, Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> And we see that he is chopped right into his own arm, because of course he does. He yells out, oh my god, and then tumbles backwards, and he's now like dangling over the side of a cliff, with only his chopped, handcuffed arm there for support, since the cop's body is like being like an anchor for him over the edge. Yeah, you know what's gonna happen here, too. You do, and I love it. He tries to reach up and lift himself, but he falls a little more. And then his hand that was cut just snaps off like a broken rubber band. <laughs> and he falls off the cliff into the ground. Now, Brandon, <laughs> his hand snapping. <laughs> like, yeah. The axe chopped into him, and like, we see it, and it's not that. It looks deep. great. It does look great, but it doesn't look it like it cut great. halfway through his arm. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And it shouldn't, because. <laughs> It's a cop's badge that was banged on a rock twice. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it shouldn't slice right through his bone, but... But yet, yeah, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does. The, the sound it makes when his arm snaps literally just sounds like rubber just snapping. <laughs> so, and I'm sure it was. And it flies through the air as he flies to the ground, and it's so funny. The vulture sees all of this and flies overhead around Earl. We see Earl on the ground, right? And there's this big bone jutting underneath his skin on his neck. It looks disgusting. It looks great. He moves his neck a little, but says that he can't move. Oh, God, his neck is broken. (laughs) He screams out for help, and the vulture hears that and swoops in to help, as Earl calls out that he's paralyzed. (laughs) Help, bird. Get me a wheelchair. Get to Mexico. Tell him I'm in the desert. (laughs) (laughs) Earl sees the vulture and then he yells, oh, fuck, not you. Get away. I'm not even dead yet. You don't want me. The vulture, it does want him, though. So it comes on over (laughs) and it lands on top of him. It walks all over him and then just eats his eyeball out. (laughs) Yeah. Just like the cover. And then and then the other eyeball and Earl fucking dies. We get this nice panned out shot of like the vulture just tearing into his eyeballs. And it looks it looks like fun. Like it looks like a great job. This vulture, they did a great job of training him to fly and stuff. Yeah. The vulture flies convincingly like a vulture. Yeah. The only unconvincing thing is the sound effects it makes. <laughs> <laughs> it's doing that. Sounds the whole like time a too. mute witness to murder. Oh, my. You're right. It has witnessed a murder. Oh, my God. And it has taken its swift vulture justice out, Brandon. Yes, and it's also murdered. Well, yeah, but so did Susan. Well, kind yeah, of, I, I guess, guess that's just the, the natural arc of a witness to murder. First you see a murder, then you're like, hmm, I could do that. <laughs> yes, that's how it goes. But, Brandon, that's the end of the tale. So we are back over with Crypty. And we see he's got a little vulture statuette with an eyeball on its beak. So he plucks that off like an apple from a tree and says, poor digs here today, leftovers tomorrow. Boy, talk about flipping someone the bird. And he chuckles. And the camera fans out to see that Crypty's got a big buffet of severed feet and intestines and shit. And he says, personally, I'm with the buzzards, except I like my meat a little more well done. Cook them, Dano. And then he laughs and he slams that severed foot up and down like a gavel. And that is the end. 
of this episode of Tales from the Crypt, and I have no idea who Dano is. I've heard that line before, Bookum Dano. I don't know what it's from. It's got to be from some famous show or something. Probably something old that we don't know anything about. Yeah. But that's the end of Carrie and Death, Brandon. Man, what'd you think? Like, now that we've talked about it all, what do you think about Carrie and Death? Good. Good story. Like, like we've talked about, you know, some of the decisions I can't defend. Yeah. Well, the character is very dumb. So you have to have, you know, that suspension of disbelief. Like, this is a silly story, but I don't know. It's just a classic kind of morality play. Like, yeah. this character sucks and he gets his comeuppance. So what's not to like? I didn't expect the the officer to die. Like, I, I, coming into the, I thought this was just going to be the officer chasing him through the desert until he, you know, falls and breaks his neck. And then the buzzer comes and the cop is like, ah, <laughs> I guess the executioner did come. But, uh, yeah, we got the little twist of the cop dying and handcuffing himself to, to Earl. And it was fun. I like it. They did a lot of fun stuff with this one for such a, I mean, honestly, it's a simple story. They did a really mm-hmm. good job with it. And uh, it was fun to watch. It, this yeah. is one of those episodes that it just goes by so quickly. I like it. Yeah. I think it's really good. It's not trying to do too much. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's talk about um, some morals of the story, Brandon. Did you learn anything from this episode? Yeah, I learned I want some tacos. Dude, right? Jose's Cantina's got the best tortilla and guacamole. Mm, Love some guac. I'm going to go to Jose's right after this. I'm thinking about heading over to Jose's myself. (laughs) All right. Meet you at Jose's? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. In, say, 23 hours? Yeah. (laughs) Look, my train ride to Arizona is going to take me at least, like, 40 hours, so... (laughs) All right, I might get there before you. Yeah, damn. Well, that's okay. We'll we'll be at Jose's. It'll be Taco Tuesday. We'll get the carne asada, guacamole, etc. It'll be great. All right, get some of that American cheese queso. <laughs> then you can complain that it's not like your abuela's recipe. <laughs> <laughs> I learned if you're going to rob a bank, you should probably pick up more than two tiny little sacks of money, and then a cop's going to make a blow in the wind anyway. So what's that's the point? all you can carry? Like money's heavy. Have you ever had hundreds of thousands of dollars in singles in your no, hands? No, I haven't. I haven't. So I it's guess I, I'm wrong. Maybe, look, if you're going to rob a bank, make sure you get hundreds, okay? Not dollar bills. Just single dollars. Yeah. That way you get more bang for your buck, Brandon. Yes. Oh, so that's what that saying means. Yeah. You got to yep. people to get your money. Exactly. Now, Brandon, the episode title, Carrie and Death, I like it a lot because, like, carrion, you know, uh, that's going to be something that scavenges for food. But also he carries the the cop through, you know, the deadly desert. Yeah, I got to give it to them on this one. Uh, It's a really good episode. This is a great title. Yes, it's very, very much describes every aspect of this episode, really. But you know what? A better episode title would be like, you know, Tacos at Jose's Cantina. (laughs) That would get me to watch. I'd be like, ooh, tacos. Right? Who doesn't love a good taco? I'll be honest, Cortland. I had tacos for dinner like get out of here. Five hours ago. You bitch. I want some I'm coming over for tacos. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See you here in like, I don't know, eight days. (laughs) I gotta get a ship over the Atlantic. (laughs) How long does it take to get over (laughs) the ocean? Probably forever. I don't know. How long did it take Christopher Columbus, even though he didn't come from Australia? <laughs> I don't know. Long Me time. neither. I don't. I missed that part in history class. I was probably talking to you the whole time. Who knows? But anyway, Brandon, I think we should look at these characters. We got two of them. Two characters. Yeah, two whole characters. 
Yeah, let's look, take a look at Earl. Hold on, what's his name? <laughs> Earl Raymond Diggs. Because, you know, if you're a serial murderer, you have to have that middle name in there. Earl here is played by Kyle McLaughlin. And <gasps> you apparently know him. Yeah, I love Kyle. Is it because he's in Twin Peaks? I mean, that's what I mainly know him from, but uh, he's in he's in a lot of David Lynch's stuff. Well, let me take a look at his IMDb profile here. He started things off in 1984, which I thought it would be like later than that. But uh, his first role was in Dune. So that's a pretty big thing. Yeah. David Lynch's Dune. And then he was in Twin Peaks in 1989. Great show. You should watch it. I know I should. He was also in The Doors. Which is a biopic, right? About somebody. Uh, the Doors. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know much about the Doors because I'm stupid. There was a lot of Twin Peaks though, Brandon, because they had Twin Peaks in 1989, and then he was in 30 episodes between 89 and 91, and then there was something called Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me in 1992. Yeah, it's a movie. Oh, okay. I'm glad that that was so good. I had a movie. Yeah, people hated the movie. I think. Oh, well, what did you think about it? It's good, but it's very different than the show. Hmm. Okay. He was in Grand Theft Auto 3. He did a voice, Donald Love, and he was also a Chatterbox guest in it. Interesting. I didn't know that. He played the voice of Superman in Justice League, The New Frontier. He was in Desperate Housewives for 96 episodes. Yeah. Go- Hold on. He was in Muppets vs. Goldman Sachs. Why is that a thing? I don't Who's Goldman Sachs? It's a brand, I believe. Oh, okay. He was in Inside Out. He played the voice of the dad in Inside Out. I didn't know that. I haven't seen Inside Out. Oh, I think you'd like it. He was in, you know, American Dad, Gravity Falls, The House with a Clock in Its Walls. Okay. Uh, Tesla, How I Met Your Father. Not Mother. He was in the father version. Oh, he was in both. Oh, was he? Okay. As the same character. He was. His last role was in a show called Lucky Hank. Back in all the way back in 2023, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Long you remember those days? Nope. I sure can't. Um, but yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Seems like a pretty great actor. I love the way he was ADR'd for most of this episode. Yes, he did a good job at dubbing his lines. Wonderful job. All he did really, though, like I didn't write a lot of it down, but all he does is complain about having to haul this cop, which was his own decision to do the whole time. Let's talk about the police officer, man. He was uh, played by George Del Hoyo. I think he did a good job before he died. Me too. He was an all-star and, you know, the active portion of half the episode. And then him being a corpse was wonderful. This man, he started his career back in 1979 with BJ and the Bear. Let me see. What else was he in here? Three's a Crowd, St. Elsewhere, Night Court, Jake and the Fat Man. Oh, man. Okay. That could either be a fat man or a nuclear weapon. I mean, BJ and the Bear, like, is about a chimpanzee, right? Yeah, according to the cover, it's a chimpanzee. Okay, which is very misleading. So Jake and the Fat Man could be about, I don't know, anything. A bear, perhaps? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He was in Home Improvement for two episodes. Okay, I've seen that show. He was in The Curse of Monkey Island. He played a voice in that. I love that game. You love that shit. He was in Rango. You remember that? I think it had Johnny Depp as the chameleon main character uh he is still in currently days of our lives he's been in 142 episodes of days of our lives wow which is still going strong in 2023 all right good for him yeah he's great you want to see what we're going to watch next week yeah let's uh let's see let's look forward to the future the next episode season three episode three of tales from the crypt is called the trap okay that's a very uh generic name 
Yes. Could be a Dungeons and Dragons trap. It could be the parent trap. We don't know. But let me read this little description from IMDb, which is probably going to ruin everything, but that's okay. Indebted, unhappy married couple Lou and Irene commit a life insurance fraud. Lou's brother Billy helps him fake his death and leave for Mexico. Because that's the place to be. Apparently. But Irene and Billy fall in love. And when Lou returns, they claim they don't know him. Interesting. Okay. That does sound like the whole plot. It does. But like, if they're not happy in their marriage anyway, isn't this kind of like a good thing for Lou? (laughs) You'd think so. (laughs) I mean, I guess he doesn't get the insurance claims money, but start over. You faked your death and yeah, got a new name, new wife, new wife. Yeah, I don't, where's the downside here? I guess we'll find out next week, right? Maybe. Maybe it's all upside. You want to know something funny, Brandon? So, you remember how we did a plot points on the Mario movie? The the new one? Yeah. Well, in that one, Mario calls Luigi Lou a couple of times. And that's when it dawned on me that Lou is short for Luigi. <laughs> what? Yeah, because the main character, his name is Luigi Lou Paloma. Interesting. I would have never even considered to call a Luigi Lou. Me neither. I don't think I know a Luigi, though, so I guess it's really never come up in my life. Ooh, hey, Brandon, we got royalty in this episode. We got Michael J. Fox is in it. Oh, King Michael J. Fox? Yes, yes, of uh, Back to the Future fame, etc., and Scrubs and stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, I love Michael J. Fox. Yeah, he's great. That's next week, Brandon. We don't get Michael J. Fox until next week. Damn Damn it. Fuck. I think I'm all done here, Brandon. Uh, Carrie and Death, really good episode. I had a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to The Trap. Yep. More gold diggers. Yeah, I mean, except it's a male gold digger this time. But we'll see. Could be anybody. Could be me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brandon, I'm out of here. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining me. I'll let you go back to sleep on a bald night. I'll talk to you later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.